This is episode 342 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at his top five anticipated films of 2022. The year is here. It's a new year, new film. What's going to be on his list? What's going to take the top spot? Well, you'll just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Real Me and Cole, the movie podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And before we begin the episode, if you guys could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Maybe there's someone out there in your friend circle or family circle, and they're like, hey, you know those movie things, the movie, the, the, the movie stuff? I don't like those. I don't know what that is. Get that out of my face. Well, maybe we can convince them, right? So, you know, slip them this podcast episode and let's get them excited about the year of, of film in 2022. So, yeah, just let people know this is your favorite one to listen to and uh, maybe we can get more people to join this wonderful community. So, thank you for all your support. You guys just you guys just make this thing happen. And I, I've never been this jazzed before. <laughs> Um, I've turned a new leaf, uh, and I'm excited to just bring more content for, uh, for you guys. So thank you for, for all your, your patience and everything. So this is episode 342. Like I said, up the top, I will be going over my top five anticipated films of 2022. It's going to be a crazy year, uh, filled with blockbusters, indie films, prominent directors, all-star cast. It's going to be amazing. So before we get into all of that, that's the main topic of conversation, gotta ask you know it's coming so just get ready here we go how you guys doing you guys doing pretty good i, I know it's uh it hasn't been too long uh since the the last episode so not not much has changed um i am starting my marathon of um scream uh, uh I, I just finished the first one and the second one i'll give you guys my kind of retrospective thoughts on that for the scream 5 episode because uh, my plan is to see Scream 5 next Wednesday, and I'm going to record the Scream 5 episode on Thursday or Friday or whatever, and then I'll post it. Um, but the whole point with that one was to have Scream 5 as the main review and then give you guys kind of like my my experience re-watching the entire franchise leading up to that point. Because I hadn't seen... I've seen number one recently, but uh, I hadn't seen two in a long time or three or four. So I wanted to know how they would stack up and how my thoughts were going to change, uh, you know, going into number five, you know, from what I, I previously, previously seen and like in the past, like just all, I was just curious. So I'm currently in the middle of that. Uh, I'm pretty sure after I get done with this recording here on this episode, I'm going to start number three. Um, but yeah. So I, I just been, I've been doing that little marathon um, and that's about it. I'm looking forward to uh, licorice pizza this weekend. I know I mentioned that in the last episode. Looking forward to Euphoria season two on Sunday and the Righteous Gemstones season two on Sunday. It's gonna be a great weekend. So, yeah, really not much to catch up on because, like I said, I'm just uh, I just got done recording for you guys. Um, so yeah, um, so that's that's what's been going on. But yeah. Uh, very much enjoying uh, going back and doing the the Scream franchise. You know, I, I want to kind of do that more uh, for you guys. If there's a movie coming out this year, making sure I watch previous installments or whatever movies are going to connect it. Like, 
it doesn't even have to be a franchise, for instance. Like, for instance, when, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, maybe, like, The Northman. When it comes out in April, I might want to watch, like, The Witch or, like, The Lighthouse in preparation for that. Even though it's not a connected thing, it's still from the same director. It just gets you in the mood and everything, and you might have, like, a different perspective on it. And, like, give you guys kind of lead-ups into the review so I don't just ramble uh, nonstop. I can, you know, give you guys, like, hey, this is the review this week. Hey, here are the movies that have shaped this movie. Let's go ahead and talk about them. So... That's what I want to try to do more. So the Scream franchise is my number one priority right now um, in preparation for that episode. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's on the docket. Um, pretty much like I explained last time, uh, I'll have a Matrix Resurrections and Licorice Pizza episode. You guys will get a mini review of Hotel Transylvania Transformania on Monday, January 10th. You will get a review of The Tragedy of Macbeth at some point. Um, you'll get the Scream 5 episode. And then I'll probably transition maybe into Belfast in the French Dispatch if I ever get around to it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the prospect right now. Oh, I almost forgot. I didn't record it because I didn't really feel the need to, so I'll just explain here. I know I had the first three-episode review of Hawkeye. Never did four through six. There's no reason to make a separate thing of that, so I'll just tell you guys here if you've been following and if you were wondering. It ended fine. <laughs> um, everything that happened, happened. Yelena uh, crossed paths with Clint. Um, we got to see the introduction of a certain MCU villain, but also stripped away from that in the final episode, so I have no idea where it's going to even lead to. I think overall it was just fine. And I know a lot of people are going to put that higher up on their list in terms of Disney plus Marvel shows. But for me, it's at the bottom. I just, it didn't really do anything for me. Uh, Loki's still my number one. And then I would do WandaVision, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, What If, and Hawkeye. So that's my ranking for last year. So sorry I didn't do a four through six re uh, review. I'll try to be better next time uh, for this year's shows, you know, with like, if I do like Moon Knight or She-Hulk or whatever, um, I just, I don't know. The show just kind of ended blah for me in the second half to where I just didn't really feel the need to do anything. So deeply, deeply apologize for that. But that's my quick little rundown of that. So yeah, I think that's all the house cleaning I had to uh, let you guys know about because I felt I felt pretty bad <laughs> not, not recording it. So hey, what are you going to do? So but that is pretty much it for the uh, the intro here. I'm not going to waste any more time. This is going to be more of a shorter episode this week. So let's uh, dive right into it. So when we come back, I will be going over my top five anticipated films of 2022 and even some of the ones that just didn't make the list, but I'm still excited to see. So tune in uh, when you come back and we'll, uh, we'll go over this for you. See you then. And welcome back from the break. Let's not waste any more time. 2022 is here. It is a, a tad bumpy, uh, for sure. <laughs> but um, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Let's break down uh, some films of 2022 and what I am looking forward to the most. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited uh, for this year overall. I think there's a lot of potential for blockbusters, indie films, prominent directors, uh, all-star cast, uh, spectacles. I, I feel like this year. 
could have a nice mix of a bunch of different things that we can all love and appreciate and just enjoy and just all come together and just love the the art of film. So uh, whether it be commercial blockbusters or small independent films that no one ever sees, and then I will hype up until the cows come home. So yeah, so looking forward to this year. So let's not waste any more time. This this list was pretty easy uh, for the most part. I have one blockbuster and the rest are all uh, because I, I'm a fan of the director's previous works. So that's kind of how I, I, I did my list. But I have a lot of movies that didn't make the list. Um, and so I wanted to kind of go over those like really quickly, uh, Creed three. Uh, and also before I begin, this is also a stipulation. If these movies are actually going to come out this year, they are slated for this year to, to come out into theaters or P PVOD or hybrid or whatever they want to do. But as, as we see, uh, everything kind of surging and things are getting pushed. I don't know if some of these, some of these are going to make it towards the end of the year and they might get pushed until next year. But this is just um, what is presented right now, and this is what I'm going to just go off of. But um, Creed 3, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed the Creed franchise, um, you know, uh, 1 and 2, and Michael B. Jordan's going to uh, be in the director's chair for this one. I'm curious to see where the story's going to go. Uh, Black Panther 2, Ryan Coogler's coming back. That that movie's having a lot of uh, problems Um uh, on set, you know, and with uh, with Letitia Wright and people contracting COVID and shutting down for two weeks and injuries, it's just it's a mess. I don't know if they're gonna make it by the end of this year. I think it's supposed to come out in November, but uh, looking forward to that one. Thor four, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Taika Waititi's coming back. I love Ragnarok and I love that kind of combination. I'm excited to see where the story goes. I just got done watching Endgame, so yeah, uh, I want to see where uh, Thor and the Guardians uh, lead us off next. Babylon uh, from director Damien Chazelle, uh, La La Land, um, you know, Whiplash, one of my favorites of all time. And so this one also has an all-star cast. It's going to be set in uh, early Hollywood, I think like in the 20s or 30s. So looking forward to that. But it's supposed to come out in December, probably limited release, but it is slated for January of next year. So we'll see, but I'm still looking forward to that. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is from the Daniels uh, and also from A24. Comes out relatively soon in a couple months. Um, uh, this one, Time Travel, Craziness. Um, and if you've ever seen their movies, Swiss Army Man and The Death of Dick Long, uh, then you, you definitely know um, where their brain is going to be at with this film. And I, I, can't, I can't wait. The Black Phone, um, Scott Derrickson, Ethan Hawke coming back to do another horror film. You know, they... Uh, worked on Sinister, really like that one. Very creepy, unnerving type of horror. Um, and so uh, Ethan Hawke's going to be playing a villain. Uh, we don't really see that much from him in terms of playing antagonist, so looking forward to that. The Untitled Elvis Presley Project from Laz, uh, Laz Berman. Uh, Ber Boz, Boz Lerman. Totally had uh, well, dyslexia there for a second. I, I apologize for that. Um, yeah, a Boz Lerman, uh, picture, uh, you know, I, I always like a good biopic, so why not? A Bullet Train, uh, this one has an all-star cast, uh, director David Leach. Um, I, I know someone that's been working on the set, so it's, uh, it's been interesting to hear just, uh, from my inside source, like ju just how the production has gone and everything, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, part one, very surprised it's not on my list i really loved the injection 
uh, of, of vibrancy and freshness that uh, Spider-Man in, uh, Into the Spider-Verse brought us in 2018. Really great animated film, really great Spider-Man movie. I, I love that movie quite a bit, and I'm looking forward to this one, especially since it's going to be this two-part epic now. Maybe two parts, two, three parts, I have no clue, but at least two-part epic uh, with Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Don't Worry, Darling, which is the newest film from uh, director uh, Olivia Wilde. It's got Florence Pugh in it, uh, Harry Styles. Suppose it's going to be a Netflix film, um, but that's going to be kind of like one of their awards play for this year. And it's a psychological horror, so it's horror thriller. So it's completely different from Booksmart, which is a coming-of-age comedy that she did recently. So looking forward to that. And the last one of my honorable mentions before I dive into the ones that I'm really excited about um, is Avatar 2. I, I know Avatar 2 gets a lot of flack a, a lot of just um negativity just because it's, it's like the the cool hip thing to say like you know avatar it's just so dumb and 3d uh, i still like the movie um i prefer the the long cut like the super long cut i i have that box set where it came with like all three cuts of the film theatrical director and uh extended edition I don't know what the difference is, um, but it's like five or ten minutes. But um, I really enjoyed the, like the super long cut, and I'm excited to see where James Cameron takes Avatar two, three, four, and five. I I'm on board for it. If he wants to take twenty years in between, it's gonna kill me on the inside. But because um, who knows, we don't, we all might be dead then. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm hoping he can complete the uh, Quint Quint Quintrilogy. Yeah, four would be quad, five would be Quinn, a Quinn trilogy. Cool. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So those are my honorable mentions for 2022. Uh, lot, a lot of uh, good ones to look forward to. But So let's jump into the, the top five. Um, like I said, I, this one, I I definitely had um, some trouble picking out like what what main blockbuster am I looking forward to? What What is the one that I... I'm going to be super excited about and like the one that's going to get me giddy the moment I, I get to see it. And so, you know, I had, like I said, Thor, Black Panther, uh, Spider-Man, um, you know, I had all those on there, but I don't think anything could compete with my excitement more than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is my number five pick. Um, you know, after the first trailer uh, dropped for that, um, I I was super excited to see, one, uh, Sam Raimi uh, kind of come back into the superhero fold. You know, we haven't seen him do one um, since Spider-Man 3. He hasn't even done a giant blockbuster since Oz the Great and Powerful, which was 2013, I believe. So almost 10 years ago, this man has kind of like stepped stepped away. He's been producing a lot of stuff, you know, like with the Evil Dead um, reboot, um, Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, stars um, show, which was a really great show, by the way. Please check it out. But um, yeah, I'm super excited to see like where he's going to kind of fit back into the superhero mold. So that's component number one. Number two, it's a sequel to a very, uh, very good movie, Doctor Strange. And three, this is going to kind of um, catapult off of Spider-Man No Way Home and really dive into the multiverse stuff. It's going to get crazy. It's going to get weird. 
it, a lot of stuff is going to happen in this, I believe. And it's, it's going to be interesting to probably see where Wanda goes as the villain, where the story is going to lead us. And then, you know, two months later, we get Thor Love and Thunder, which is going to be more of a space adventure. And, you know, we got the Eternals that are also going to bleed into that and the Marvel. So my mind is just, it's just working like this little machine to figure out how they're going to put and piece everything together. But I believe in Sam Raimi. I've, I believe in the Marvel system, you know, uh, for the most part, unless they just show me something that's absolute just trash, um, you know, story-wise. I've, I've enjoyed watching this story kind of evolve and grow. grow. And I think having uh, uh, Doctor Strange uh, 2 just kind of go weird and out there and dive into a little bit more horror elements and, you know, take us on this path of like unexpected you know whatever just into the unknown that's exciting to me and so i i that's my my blockbuster pick um for my list so dr strange and the multiverse of madness number five number four there's really not much to talk about because the plot is going to be kept under wraps pretty much until the day it is released, which I totally understand because when you are someone that has made a film like get out and it, it just kind of came out of nowhere, it showed people that you are more than just a comedian. You can also be a very effective, uh, in striking horror filmmaker. Then you make something like Us, where it's it's even better than Get Out. I I think I, like the more I think about it and the more I, I kind of rewatch it and stuff, I, I I like it more than Get Out. But I love both. How can you not be excited for the the trilogy of effery <laughs> that is Jordan Peele's Nope? Um, All star cast: Kiki Palmer, uh, Daniel Kaluuya is coming back, Stephen. Uh, Yen, um, it, it's it, we don't know what it's about, um, but I do know that Jordan Peele coming back to do another one, casting Daniel again in one of his films, showing us a very ominous poster that has the you know the cloud above the city and it's got the 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 kite tail string, um, the kite tail string. What I don't even know what the heck that <laughs> that even means. I apologize, my brain is shortening out on me. But yeah, the poster was ominous. It's it's mysterious. It's it's a, a striking image. We don't know like what it is, and that's what's kind of cool about it is that we're just kind of going in blind. But we, but what's great is we trust the filmmaker, and we trust the cast. We trust the fact that this was shot in IMAX, I believe, and super widescreen, and they're shooting this to make it a cinematic event. And I really love the fact that Universal is um, giving Jordan the opportunity to make a cinematic event out of his movie. And he's not, you know, Marvel. He's not DC. He's not, you know, a monster movie. Like, he's just a guy that creates really great stories. And the fact that they believe in him to film it in such a way to make it that event, that's exciting. And, of course, his, his record so far is amazing. So number four has to be Nope. Um, I, like I said, I can't really discuss it anymore because there's nothing that we know about the plot. I just know who is involved and uh, knowing his previous work, I think it justifies a spot on this list. 
Number three. Um, we just got a trailer for it. So it, it is uh, shortly coming, shortly here. Um, man, my words are just not, they're just not fun. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, the Northman um, from uh, director Robert Eggers. Uh, really loved The Witch uh, when it came out. I was in Fantastic Fest, I believe. It was my final film of the night. And I remember sitting down. I had no idea who this director was. And uh, I had no, I really didn't have any clue who Anya Taylor-Joy was. And uh, I was just like, cool, it's my last film before I drive back home. Let's just check it out. That movie has stuck with me ever since I watched it. It has creeped me out to no end. Uh, uh, Black Phillip, uh, the goat, uh, always still haunts my dreams. Um, a really just um, a very like it gets under your skin. It's very like unnerving type of horror. It, it's definitely it, it builds up tension in the way that it's just like this slow burn that like creeps under your skin and just makes you feel paranoid and just it has this like dark atmosphere around it and it just really puts you into that that fantasy world um it feels like it's it's you know shot on another planet and it just it doesn't even feel like it's uh, something that could happen but you know it, it's it's set in kind of folklore of the 1600s i believe um so it makes it even uh, creepier knowing that people actually did this with like witchcraft and all that stuff but yeah i i've been a huge fan of his ever since I saw The Witch. And then, of course, The Lighthouse. My God. If, if you guys have never seen The Lighthouse, that is also another cinematic experience that it's hard to explain because it's so insane. But it's so well shot. The sound design is through the roof. Uh, the performances are this type of controlled chaos that you cannot just uh, look away from Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson going head to head in each scene, just captivating your attention is it's mesmerizing stuff from both of them. And, um, it's just, it's just crazy. I, and I, I absolutely loved the unhinged experience that the lighthouse was. And so this one's going to be taken more of a, from just from the trailer, it doesn't look like it's going to be really, I guess, ambiguous in terms of it, it, its themes and its messaging and kind of like, you know, uh, it could mean this, it could mean that uh, type of deal. Um, kind of like with The Lighthouse, you just don't know like what's real and what's not. Same with The Witch. This is more of a straightforward, just kind of like fable. Um, I could be wrong, but um, it definitely is Robert Eggers' version of like what he can do with a budget. <laughs> so with like the witch and the lighthouse, they're very low uh, budget cinema, which is fine. But focus features was like, Hey, we like your work. We're going to give you a little bit more. What can you do with it? And he's like, well, I'm going to create something kind of like Lord of the Rings, I guess. Um, that's what it kind of feels like. It feels like this epic fable that, you know, this story is going to take us through. And I, I love the cast with uh, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Nicole Kimmon, Anya Taylor-Joy is coming back. Uh, I think Willem Dafoe is also in this again. Um, yeah, it, it could be something really special. And I think um, uh, if if Robert Eggers can be as potent as The Witch in The Lighthouse, I think The Northman could be something special. And I think it, um, even though it's coming out in April, it could lend itself to be an awards conversation for, 
for this year, even at this early stage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, he can do with it. So now we're getting down to the top two. Now, I, I got to be honest with you. Um, these could be, these could be uh, uh, swapped. These could be, um, you know, uh, two could be one, one could be two, uh, that type of deal. Sorry, I was fixing my hair. I, I look like absolute garbage uh, this morning. But um, so I think I'm going to settle on this. My number two is Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. Now, not much. I Let me, let me double check uh, here in real time for you guys, but... I don't think when I was looking this up, there was a plot to this. Okay, no, there is a plot to it. So, a reclusive English teacher suffering from severe obesity who attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance chance at redemption. Um, what? Yes, 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 yes. Darren Aronofsky, I realize, is a hit or miss for some people. I, for one, have been completely scarred by Requiem for a Dream. Still one of my favorite films of all time. Super depressing. And you have to be in the right mood to watch that. I I, I totally get that. Um, Pie is also a, a really a really good one. I need to rewatch it. Um, the Fountain. I haven't really seen it that much, but you know I still, still like it for its boldness. Um, and then... What, what am I missing? Because I, I don't want to jump to... Uh, the the controversial one just yet because I think he did another one in between the fountain. Yeah, duh, guys, my mind's going blank. The Wrestler, wonderful film. Mickey Rourke coming back and doing like this redemptive role in his career, and it's just a really great drama. And then Black Swan is one of my favorites of all time. So that's what I'm saying. Like for me personally, Darren Aronofsky hits. Um more than he misses. Then after Black Swan, we get to Noah. Noah's fine, I guess. I don't really remember it that much, so it didn't really have any staying power with me um, because it's really kind of hard to follow up after Black Swan. And then, of course, in 2017, we get to the controversial Mother with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. I, for one, understand people's complaints of it being two in your face it's on the nose it's not subtle it's just very like it's like getting punched in the face for two hours straight i get that i for one liked the intensity of it i liked the abrasive approach to it um it kind of moved like a stage play in a way and it's all set in one location and i thought it kind of worked um is it something that I would recommend to people for a Darren Aronofsky film? No. I would recommend, to start out with people, I would recommend The Wrestler and Black Swan because The Wrestler can show you how he can do drama really well and Black Swan can show you how he can do like psychological really well without scaring you too much because Requiem for a Dream is a bit intense. Um, so I, I think... Uh, uh, with this one, with Brendan Fraser coming back, and like you know, he's he's also going to be in my my number one uh, slot as well. Oops, spoiler alert. But it's going to be his year, and the whale with the director behind it, the star in front of it, it's just a recipe 
for greatness. And I, I cannot wait for it. And I feel like this is my gut feeling. Uh, you know, I'm posting this up in January, and I, I think this is going to hold true by the, the start of next year. Brendan Fraser, uh, Fraser could be a leading actor contender at the Oscars. Good for him. The, the guy has had a rough past. Uh, no need to get into it here. You can just read his story on uh, just things that have happened to him. But I'm glad he's getting like his second chance um, to kind of um, uh, just do better for himself and just escape kind of the toxic stuff that has happened to him and just kind of move forward with his life. All, all the love in the world, my man. So the whale is number two. And number one, if you guys um, um, could point out, I said Brendan Fraser is in that one. And I, I believe he is, but let me just double check before I make a, a, a complete ass out of myself. Um, pretty sure. Hold on. He is. Okay. So my number one most anticipated film, you know, gets a lot of flack online. Uh, Marvel stands hate him. Uh, I am a Marvel fan, but I still love this man. He, this man could literally come up to my front door right now, spit in my face kick me in the balls and tell me that I am wrong for liking Marvel movies. And you know what I would say? Thank you, Mr. Scorsese. It was an honor to have you come to my door. That's right. I'm looking forward to Martin Scorsese's next film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, this cast is incredible. And I think it's the first time um, his two his two main his two main uh, actors are in a film together, I believe. Uh, Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, he worked with Leo a lot. He's worked with Robert a lot. I think this is the first time they're actually like in a movie together. So there's that. Brendan Fraser. Jesse Plemons, who's on a roll right now. John Lithgow. Um, Pat Healy's in this? Man, he just got everyone. Uh yeah, it's a really it's a really stacked cast, and what's really cool about it is when you watch stuff like The Irishman, which was his previous film, he also put kind of random people that you would never expect in a movie like that, and they were just in there. And I, I kind of like Scorsese's um, against typecasting and just kind of like casting who he thinks is is good, even though it's a, a name that you don't really associate with Martin Scorsese. And so, um, yeah, I don't know much about this. I don't. I've never read the book. Probably. I need to start reading more, so maybe this will will prompt me to do it. But this is about the members of the Osage uh, tribe in the United States that are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI inv investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Conspiracy, Western, gangster activity, Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro. How can this not be the number one of anyone's list? I'm I'm kidding. It is your list. You can pick whatever you want. But this one for me, as long as Martin is still kicking it, he can live to be 200 years old. If this man's still making a movie, it's going to be my number one. Um, he, he's been a huge influence on me ever since I uh, saw Raging Bull. No, no, no. 
I saw Goodfellas first. Goodfellas was my first introduction to him. Blown away. Then I saw Casino. Then I backtracked, and then I watched Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. And then I was just like, okay, this guy can do no wrong in my eyes. I even love films like Shutter Island. Love Wolf of Wall Street. Love The Irishman. I just appreciate his contribution to this industry. I appreciate any time when he wants to make a movie. Um, and I will be there to support it. And I 100,000 billion gazillion percent chance will be there um, as soon as I as soon as I can see it. So Killers of the Flower Moon is my number one. And so that is my list. Um, number five, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Number four is Nope. Number three is The Northman. Two is The Whale. And number one is Killers of the Flower Moon. And, of course, all the ones, the honorable mentions that I mentioned I'm uh, looking forward to all those as well. I have a feeling 2022 is going to be a great year. And that is the list of films that I'm looking forward to in 2022. Please let me know down below what you are looking forward to. I would love to know what you are thinking. What is going through your head? What are you excited about? Blockbuster indies. It doesn't matter. I want to know all of it. So thank you for joining me on today's episode, episode 342. It is in the bag. Uh, the next episode, um, episode 343, will be Matrix Resurrections and Licorice Pizza. And then you will get a mini review of Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, back-to-back. Um, -back. You'll get that one on Monday. You'll get the episode on Tuesday, uh, 343 on Tuesday. And then the Scream 5 episode will be uh, like a few days later. So look forward to that. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. So thank you for tuning in on this episode. Uh, hopefully you have a, a wonderful day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are always awesome. Thank you for your support. Love every single one of you. Um, you know, you guys make it possible. So I'm Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Real Me and Cold Night Movie Podcast. Your favorite movie podcast around the world. Maybe we can convince other people to like it as well. Uh, but in the meantime, I will see you guys for the next one. Bye-bye. Thank you.